Just a quick note to say that if this episode ever sounds a bit technically dodgy, for example, like it's perhaps been recorded remotely during lockdown, well, it has been. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Comics Books. I'm Lucy Dancer and for many years I've worked as a producer alongside a number of excellent comedians. I'm also a book obsessive who's always asking friends and strangers alike what they're reading. So, I thought I'd bring my two passions together and find out what do funny people read. I am delighted today to welcome a truly exciting and unique comedian. A multi-talented human being, she's been a finalist in competitions including the BBC New Comedy Awards and the Get Up Stand Up Comedy Competition. She's a regular on the UK stand up circuit. Not only that, but by day, she's an immigration lawyer. Please welcome Sakisa. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. I'm very excited. I was just saying before this uh, podcast started to Sakisa that a lot of her, the books she started reading in childhood were similar to mine. So for once, I haven't had to do a ton of reading <laughs> before we start. <laughs> Um, Sakisa, how are you uh, dealing with lockdown and everything, really? Um, I have my ups and my downs, I suppose. I miss, obviously, being on the stage and uh, performing. Mm. Um, that's probably what's hitting me most at the moment. But I'm using the time well. Oh, good. I am using it to write material and jokes. That mm-hmm. will hopefully be funny by the time that we get back into the real world. Um, dream. Um, but I'm also like, exercising more um, because of my crazy life before lockdown. I didn't get a chance to like do much like stuff like going to the gym or like exercising. So I've now mm. got back into my dancing and like exercising and I've like lost a stone. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, wow. Oh, I know. Wow. Life. Yeah. Well, all my friends are like, I'm eating so much. Oh my God, get me out of lockdown. I'm like, no, I'm living this life. Yes. <laughs> well, I've got to say though, I've seen you and doing your cooking on Instagram. I've got to say, like, I don't know how you've lost weight because you are making delicious looking but quite deep fried foods. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been that's another thing I've been doing. I've been cooking more, so I've been like making food that I've never done before and experimenting with stuff. There's been quite a lot of deep fried stuff, I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> what I've done is palmed it most of it off to my parents. So yeah. Keep them healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so have you uh, got much reading into your very busy lockdown schedule? I have. I've ordered a couple of books whilst I've been um at home. I've ordered um a book called uh, it sounds really bad but it's not it's called rape jokes um uh, it's not actually about rape jokes but yeah it's called rape jokes by louise mcgregor um, okay. it's basically a story about this woman who unfortunately was raped but it's how she deals with it so i'm reading that um i've also ordered some graphic novels Ooh, which ones they're mainly like marvel ones okay <laughs> i've got civil war and i've got uh, actually, I bought a Batman one actually the other day, but I haven't actually looked at it. But um, yeah, so I've ordered a couple of things to read. I've, I've just got a Kia's, a Kaya's Natives, which I, <laughs> I thought you said IKEA's cat. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> My pronunciation is I'm going to get killed by this. Shame on me. Akala, Akala. Oh, I've got Natives, uh, but I got it, I got it red because I like his voice. He's got a very nice voice. I went to it. You know, he's written a graphic novel. Oh, has he? No, I didn't know that. I can't remember what it's called. I'll try and find it and I'll put it on the show notes. But um, I met him a couple of years ago. He did the World Book Night. He did a speech. And one thing he was talking about was this graphic novel he was working on. Um, oh, no. And it hadn't, I don't think it was finished when he spoke about it. And then I 
never remember to go back and order it, but you've just reminded me. I've read like um, the first chapter of the book. Um, okay. So just from like what I had, uh, a company that I work for in terms of cabaret called the House of Burlesque. So it's Tempest Rose in the House of Burlesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are reading it every uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on their Instagram. Ooh. At seven o'clock. So that's really nice of them to do that. It's obviously in light of everything that's been going on recently. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really, I, the book is really interesting. So I just really wanted to like read it properly and do that. So I've got those. Mainly, I I try to read as much as I can. Like my best friend keeps sending me books every birthday and Christmas. It's kind of our exchange. That's um, nice. So, um, and like me and her are very obsessed with. Eric Jerome Dickey, um, who is one of the uh, authors I chose for this podcast. Yeah, I looked him up. A lot of so I have managed to read all of them apart from maybe two. Mm-hmm. When I first started reading him, I was in school. Yeah, um, so I went to the library to read to get the book when libraries were in existence um, I was just thinking today how much I miss the library now that I have to keep you know paying for more and more books well a lot of them have closed down sadly which I think is one of the reasons of the decline in reading nowadays it's such a shame especially for like children but um mm. I yeah I used to go to get his books from there and then um I just would order them from Waterstones whenever they came out the cover art's amazing. I didn't I didn't see who his um, artist was, but they're all really beautiful. They're all, like, quite colourful in the background and then just this scrawling writing over the top. Yeah, he's got... Some of the covers have been updated. Oh. Like, some of the old ones have been updated. But the graph... The, the new ones haven't been, but the, the newest ones look, like, graffiti-style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones that look. Yeah, they, they look really beautiful. The old ones, you can tell they're old... <laughs> You could tell that like, he had he was like, no, come on, we'll just want. Yeah, you could tell. Right, well, we're going to come back to him because I think this book is too potent to begin this podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to build up to this one. Yeah. So um, your original choice was a little less sexy. It was yeah. um, Peter Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little less sexy, yes. Is this it, the first book you read? It is one of the first books I remember reading. Mm-hmm. I was given, so me and my cousin, who is three years or two and a half years younger than me, uh, we were very close growing up because uh, I'm the only child and she was the only child at the time. So we were quite close growing up and we mm-hmm. were both given sets of Beatrice Potter books um, and they came in a set of five and she had the set which had Peter Rabbit in it. Oh. Now, I was upset that her set had Peter Rabbit in it. So I, I stole her book and didn't give it back. <laughs> so she's now got an incomplete set, basically. Uh, but it was, the I enjoyed, Peter Rabbit was obviously like a stepping stone in every, I think most children reading mm. like books. And I just, I loved the book, Peter Rabbit, and obviously the other books as well. But Peter Rabbit was obviously the one that stood out. But also just because of the artistry in the book. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful, beautiful book. And Beatrice Potter was obviously quite influential in her time to be writing 23, I think 23 children's books. I know Um, there's 45 million copies. 
And it's a, I think people forget that she was a woman. Yeah. In the- it's still the, the one of the top selling books of all time. Yeah. I think it's just so beautiful, the story that is told. It's got different contexts in it as well, in terms of family, um, in terms of just the creativity of it. I just I just really enjoyed the book. And it is one of the first books I remember reading and loving. And yourself, or was it read to you? I believe it was read. I think my mum read it to me when I was younger. I remember that. But I remember me and my cousin reading the books together. And then it came, the books came back to life for me um, when I was about oh, 15, because I did GCSE dance. And weirdly enough, one of our bits we did in class was uh, we had to watch the ballet version of Beatrix Potter. <laughs> yeah, so we had to recreate that in dance class. <laughs> so I went and found my books because I was like, like it ignited something in me about my childhood. So I went and found the books and started reading them again. I've got a few set of books from my childhood that I gave away. But I've, these are the, these set of books in particular, and obviously Peter Rabbit is the ones that I've never threw away and never throw them away I think that's so lovely one of the things I loved was um that my mum is also a really big reader and she gave me and my sister my sister and I many of the books that she kept you know from her childhood so quite like old copies or things that she'd obviously read a few times and they feel more important than her suggesting a book and us rebuying it yeah I just I just like the fact that you could pass something down to children but yeah, like even like the tale of Tom Kitten is where I got my my love of cats from. Like I love cats, and that's where mm. that's my earliest memory of like loving cats. Oh, isn't it funny how you remember these things? Because I hadn't obviously I hadn't regularly thought of Peter Rabbit. Um, but when you said it and I looked it up, I I remember straight away the whole story. You know, the vegetable garden and Mister McGregor and how Peter Rabbit's not allowed to have his dinner because he was naughty. Yeah, it's it's such a one of my favorite children's books and it's something that is part of my childhood yeah I also think what you said about her being a woman and and it being really unique is is a nice thing for when you grow up because I read that she she wrote it originally as a set of letters for her governess's son it was her governess that said you should write this into a kid's book and for the first few years it was just rejected over and over again by the publishers and she actually the first lot she self-published Oh, yes, I did know that. Yeah, I did read that. I felt that quite. I found that quite a positive story. Yeah, because back in those days, like women wasn't really seen as anything more than housewives and stuff like that. But and for her to come through and become one of the most successful um, authors of all time as a woman, because even before then, really, women didn't even have the vote at that time. As her, as the years went on, she went. She lived through the walls and she managed to see quite a bit and see how time has evolved. Your The second book you chose is Noughts and Crosses by Mallory Blackman, which yeah. is the one I was most excited to see on the list because that is, I think, the book that blew my mind the most when I was a kid and read it. I think I didn't realise there were so many. There's like six, five or six of them now. I think I read the yeah. first three. Yeah, I... I actually came to this book quite late, to be honest. Uh, I know it's meant to be like a young adult book, but I only read the book probably like five years ago. Um, I don't even know how I came across the book, but 
the book itself is very powerful and for a young adult because obviously that's what it's aimed at to read this book is such um a beneficial thing Mm. because it covers so much about representation about power structures about class about um heartbreak about racism about coming of age it covers so much in the one book um and is very powerful have you just read the first one have you read the whole series i read the first book um Mm. and then i started reading the second book and then i felt it was going to ruin my vision of what this story was oh really yeah yeah so i'm just gonna leave it I'm just going to leave it with the first one um, and just let that linger for me. Um, so what, what is it that's kind of put this book in so high up for you in your choices? Just because of how much it made me, like I've never seen, I've never been a person of colour mm-hmm. and growing up in the world that we live in, having it flipped around and having the perspective of how Caucasians would, would see that and how feel about them being a lower level mm-hmm. was really eye-opening for me for them to because for me it was kind of like well you're now in our shoes yes this is how life would be if you were in our shoes and and like I said the, the book covers quite a bit and it covers quite a lot in terms of I'm an open per- like I'm an open person anyway I hang around with quite a lot of equal amount of friends in terms of color and class mm-hmm. and I don't don't want to be judged myself and I don't want to judge others just because of the colour of their skin or their class. And this book was kind of how I view the world, in terms, mm-hmm. especially in terms of the two title um, characters, Damn. where they just see past a lot of things. Yeah. And just want to be themselves around each other. Well, it was such a good message, wasn't it? It was saying these things shouldn't matter. And it didn't necessarily have the... You know what? It's been so long since I read it. But from what I remember, I wasn't that clear on as much of the history as to why, um, you know, you had the noughts and the crosses and one was so much higher status than the other. But I understood that was the case. But it it was the people who who fought to keep it that way who didn't who didn't want the two to mix and yeah. who didn't want there to be a change in circumstances and Callum and Sefi were so young but they understood that that was ridiculous and that love was more important and that everyone was equal yeah it's just like I I I didn't actually that's very interesting you said that because I didn't actually question how it got to that point I was just like well that's that's just how it that's how this book is going to be set we're just going to mm. But um, I got to a point where I really just related to the book because for Callum and and Steffi to just accept that they're just people, they bleed the same blood. Yeah. Um, it's, it's how I see life. And there are people that just want to break people down, make people turn to hate in, in our world nowadays. And it shouldn't be that way. Like we're just meant to be living for life mm. and embrace life mm. and race, color, r- religion shouldn't affect anything. Like as long as you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. Yeah. And that's how we should just be nice to each other. And 
having to deal with issues and being aware of things like racism, uh, class, uh, being representation from such an early age um, and racism is something that I think this book benefits those people that are reading. Yeah, I definitely think this is... I, I have seen it a lot recently, of course, because they've made the TV series with um, Stormzy and um, there was a play, I think, at the Royal yeah. Company a few years ago, neither of which I've seen. I don't know if you watched the TV series. I haven't watched the whole set of TV series, What's like the whole thing? episode yet. It's my, one of my things to do in lockdown. <laughs> so the book you recommended... Um, you chose Small Thoughts and Poetry by Lucy Thatcher. Um, mm-hmm. I found that quite difficult to find. In the end, I found it on um, the Kindle thing. But she self-published this. Yeah. And she she writes some really interesting stuff at the back about how she didn't, she specifically didn't uh, get all the grammar carefully checked and everything because it was really important to her to express herself the way that she expressed herself and that, you know, spelling mistakes and grammar shouldn't stop you from getting someone's point of view across yeah um so I just wondered did you did you just pick this did you come across it was it recommended um the author actually is a friend right Um, she said at the back that you could message her yeah (laughs) message her feel free (laughs) she's absolutely lovely um I made her do I made her do um I made her read this some of her book at a show that I was running and she was worried because obviously everyone else on the bill was comedians and I was like no you'll be fine get up there just just be you and she was funny so I found one of this quite funny yeah she um is someone that I've known for about seven years now mm-hmm. and her dad is from Barbados okay and my mum is from Barbados and my dad is half from Barbados. Mm-hmm. So I actually met her when we was in Barbados um, through a mutual friend um, whilst we was all on holiday. And we just just got chatting and we had a really good time whilst we was in Barbados and then just became friends. And I've helped her with some stuff mm-hmm. um, over the years. And then about last beginning of last year, she announced that she was releasing a book I knew because she writes poetry I knew she wrote poetry and she has done some open mic stuff poetry wise Mm -hmm. but she we've always she's always whenever we have discussions about like life and stuff like that she's always discussed about the fact that she is a biracial mixed race person and uh the conflicts that she has in terms of that sometimes and when she became a mother it that kind of was enhoned even more And she's always been a person who's been aware of her words and she's very articulate. But she also, growing up in South London, she speaks a certain way. She speaks like, a lot like me. We just speak how we speak. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's very... I find that I've, when I read the book and her poetry, and to be honest, I, I've read her stuff before, but I've never seen her in person reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find her words come off the page when you just read it. Mm. Um, and especially in terms of her conflicts of the life that she leads and her wanting to do better for her child and wanting her child to be in a world where her being a a person of colour and also a female shouldn't affect the life and her, that she's going to lead. Um, and it, I didn't really understand her point of view before mm. reading the book mm-hmm. and her 
and her conflicts that she had until I read the book, even though I've been friends with her for years. Well, there's not, you know, people are just different, aren't they, in writing and, and speaking. People can be articulate, you know what I said, try not to even get a sentence out here. Some people can be very articulate in writing and they're things that they really struggle to say in person to other people, even if you, you're very close friends. Yeah, it's a very touching book. And I have read, my cousin just turned 10 the other day, I've read to her a couple of the poetries or small thoughts out of it just because I think educating children and making them aware of their own creativity and making them think is a good thing yeah it's the one that's called small, no small thoughts and where she's yeah. saying how you know you can think massive thoughts and you can think tiny little things that, that look like they might not matter to anyone else but actually every thought can have the same impact or has an effect in the world Lucy's very good at reflecting I think this book kind of emphasizes that there were bits where I felt totally seen and it really the bit where she says you know I always thought I'd grow up but at 33 years old I still feel like an adolescent who constantly ponders what would an adult do in this situation where I felt extremely seen yeah um it's just it's very it's very eye-opening I like to read things that people like it's for, it's called small thoughts and poetry because it is her own thoughts mm-hmm. and it's nice to have someone else's thoughts and that makes you reflect on your own your own thoughts about certain situations it really did actually it really led me to to reconsider things that i have thought about and also to feel maybe like less alone in some of them yeah um and then you're fu- okay so we we have come to the eric drummer <laughs> Eric Jerome Dickey book. Um, yeah. I must say, uh, it took me a while to get, like I said, to get hold of this book. Uh, I finally got an audio book and I will admit it made me blush. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me blush. <laughs> this is, this is very much my original Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, I've been reading him for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a lot of people that I knew at school knew him, knew of him i've actually met him oh. he, signed, he signed one of his books for me how old is he now oh i think he's like 50 okay okay um his books are not always this way there is normally especially with his mostly his later books have a sense of sexuality and sensuality to it mm-hmm. um and hitting on the types of erotica um, his earlier books were, even though they were, had mentions of like maybe some sexual scenes, it wasn't as graphic. Oh, and this one opens, this one's called Pleasure. I don't think I said that at the beginning. This is Pleasure, yeah. with Eric Drone Dickey. It, re- it really opens, it opens strong, doesn't it? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the first book, I think, out of the ones he's written that really was quite open, graphic. Mm. Uh, and for me, it was eye opening. To even though it's a man writing this book, yeah, of how he allows um, Nia, Nia to just be open with her own sexuality and her own feelings of um, ex- exploration mm-hmm. in terms of her own sexuality, um, and it for me it was a nice breath of fresh air for a man to be writing about that. Okay. Um, because prior at that time when I had read, read the book and probably when the book had come out, it was kind of like a taboo for women to be doing certain things. And obviously the twists in it are very, are very 
gripping for me personally. I just, I think I read this book in about three days. I was just like, oh, what's going on next? What's happening? Who, who, what twin is she going to end up with? <laughs> well, I, I don't know because I haven't finished it. So. Oh, <laughs> so no spoilers, please. No spoilers. I won't tell you no spoilers. I feel like this is kind of better than Fifty Shades just because it's more sensual. The lead character Nia is in control, even though she does let her emotions take over at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's her trying to find the freedom and trying to explore herself. And it's like a coming of age um, for her. So that's why I really enjoyed this book. I thought he added quite a nice layer to it as well from the bits that I've read so far is that it, he did what some of the best sort of erotica writers do, where there was another story that wasn't at odds with it. It didn't make it impossible for you to enjoy, you know, the sex scenes. But, you know, you had that conversation about, you know, with the publisher about the book she's working on. And you had the, the scenes where she talked about kind of her mother and other women in her, in her world that she looked up to. And... And I thought it set her up as, as a more three-dimensional character than maybe yeah. happens in some straight-up sort of softcore yeah. erotica. Yeah, softcore, softcore, yeah. Softcore. Uh, I, yeah, I, I found the character believable. So it's not just about the erotica, mm -hmm. which I, this is why I enjoy it. Um, and even though his other books do have, like I said, a feature of like, sexual sexualness and sex scenes in it that's not the main feature of the book mm -hmm. or any of his books it's not just meant to be about it's another erotica book no there's an underlying element and a storyline to it did you read it when it came out I read it about a, two years after it came out I think okay but you were still fairly young I was 24 okay. 23 23 mm -hmm. no, no I lied to you I was 21 21 <laughs> <laughs> so many years ago do you think yeah. that being that age made a difference to how it affected you like if you'd read it now for the first time I think now it wouldn't affect me because now we're in a day and age where talking about this kind of thing is more open mm -hmm. more mainstream if you want to call it that it's, it's not like it's a taboo thing yeah whereas before it kind of was you can't say certain things you can't do certain things you're going to be seen as this if you do that ladylike yeah, you got to be a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Men can be studs, women have to be, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas this book is very much all females in control until it gets a little bit crazy <laughs> at the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, I feel like if I had read the book now, mm. I don't think I would have the same, it would have the same impact on me. Yeah, I, I, I do think like when you read a book makes a difference. I know that there were certain books, my parents had a bookshelf in the corridor in our house growing up and there were definitely books some were more sexy like the Jackie Collins books and some were just books that I wasn't allowed to read and I mean some would argue they should have been in the hallway but I remember <laughs> I read a book about a couple taking their father with dementia on holiday and it was it was not sexy but it was quite it was quite graphic and um I read it even though I knew I wasn't supposed to and I think it wouldn't have the same impact on me now but it was so shocking to me that that people would talk openly about each other's bodies and and some were about the couple having sex and some was about, you know, the old man getting older and needing actual physical help, but it wasn't sexual. Yeah. I don't know if that would have had the same impact, but but then it means it is burned into my brain, which is probably why they didn't want me to read it. But That's fair enough. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've never read a Jack and Collins book, but I have heard some things. So I was well, like, okay. have a go, have a go. Maybe we can have a just one episode where we discuss different types of erotica. Oh, that'd be exciting. Yes, let's do that. This has been a delight, Skisa. I really enjoyed talking about books with you today. Well, thank you very much for having me again. This has been fun. Um, I was saying that uh, during this period, we're trying to big up some of the independent bookstores. Um, and you chose, what bookshop did you choose? I chose Clapham Bookstore. Is that your local? It is now, because unfortunately, a lot of independent bookstores around my area have closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no libraries. So Clapham Bookstore is great. And I really hope they are able to reopen I know a lot of businesses are going to be affected by what's been happening. Well, according to their website, they will be reopening very soon. Go and buy the books from there if you're from South London. Please do. Go and buy books from there. Uh, we're going to put all the details on the on the show notes with the address and phone number and everything. But at the moment, they're saying that they plan to open Tuesday the 16th of June and they'll be closed on Mondays, but they're going to open Tuesday to Sunday. Yay! Yay. Excuse me, I think you should be a spokesperson for libraries. I think you have a lot of passion and... I think you could really help us maybe save some libraries. Well, I, I just, the fact that they, they keep going, I feel is a, is a massive, they need to be funded. A lot of people mm. enjoyed being able to go and get books, read books, have the deadline of reading the book in a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, yes. Also reading the new books when they come out, you know, when they're still in hardback, which is a big expense yeah. and take up a lot of space in your house. And I think... You know, libraries are also, they're just, I mean, they are most importantly for books, but I, around my area, most of them have been saved, um, sometimes just by great authors speaking up. But I live in northwest London, and a lot of our libraries, I mean, they're not open right now, but have not closed down. And, oh, okay. Um, and they're great because a lot of people just, um, a lot. there's a lot of free lessons there, like English lessons and stuff, and there's also a lot of computer uh, computers people can use and the internet for free, which I think is pretty essential so i think we'll probably uh i do think you'd be an excellent spokesperson for libraries kisa just let's start join the campaign there's a lot out there (laughs) thank you so much for speaking to me today it's been excellent i hope you have a lovely rest of lockdown and um we'll speak soon yay bye thank you for listening to today's episode of comics books i hope you enjoyed it In the show notes, you'll be able to find full listings of all the books we mentioned, as well as links to our featured independent bookshop. Have a great week, reading, laughing, and then reading some more.